for listening to After Daycare Drop-Off, the podcast for working moms like you and like me. Today we're talking with Allison, a married mom of two working in developmental pediatrics. Hello. Hi, Allison. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, first things first, tell me what your drink of choice is this evening. Um, so it's my drink of choice most evenings, which is a Diet Coke. Still? Still. <laughs> yes, always. Yes. So Alice and I have known each other since college, and you have stayed true to the Diet Coke mafia. I have, although I did try, like, the new Pepsi one or I don't remember what it's called and it wasn't bad so but Diet Coke's still the best it doesn't make it so you can't get to sleep then no I'm pretty like immune to caffeine I think because I drink <laughs> so much of it that's terrible <laughs> see my my sad memory of Diet Coke especially freshman year was that I'll have to be sad about the fact that half of these aren't available anymore but when we'd go on our weekly Walmart runs I'd get a 12-pack each of regular, cherry, vanilla, and Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there were so many flavors. Yes. And um, I'd go through all of those in a week. <laughs> sure. Because, you know, you sleep for three hours and, you know, have other activities to attend, so. Yeah, it's college. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm drinking a red wine it's a red volution from um i think it's boda box oh that sounds delicious it is delicious and i've reduced my beverages for the sake of you know maybe fitting into some other pants yeah <laughs> so i'm like i'm gonna have one tonight so this is an extra nice treat talking to you and then enjoying some wine yeah just enjoy it you deserve it <laughs> i did eat uh, some vegetables with dinner, a lot of vegetables. So, so I wanted to talk to you tonight about a lot of things, but you know, the whole premise of this podcast is that us working mamas have a lot on our plate and it's refreshing to hear from others going through similar things. So we can say yes with each other. Definitely. But, but you recently went back to work and, um, a few months ago now, um, yep. After having your second child. Yes. So big adjustment. How old is she now? She is nine months now. And she actually just started crawling yesterday. So you so you've almost about passed the nine months in, nine months out, you know, milestone. Pretty much, yes. That's exciting. Yes. It's it's gone really fast. I can't believe it. Are you have you found a rhythm? with your day at work? For the most part, um, I still feel like most days I'm running out the door um, like a hot mess, but um, we're making it work. It's okay. So what does that look like? Because do they both go to the same childcare provider? Well, they do now. So my son was going to like a Catholic school for preschool, but um, now he's back at daycare for the summer and they are at the same one. So um, it's made things easier in some ways and harder in others um, because I have to get both of them ready, whereas my husband would get him ready before. So, yeah, but <laughs> it's OK. We're on like day four of it. And Oh, so this is very new. Yes, yes we're surviving that's the question I ask myself sometimes because you know I I will acknowledge that where we send our daughter for daycare is not uh nearby mm-hmm. <laughs> and make it be on the way to work mm-hmm. and you know 
obviously I'm drinking wine. So the second child is not currently in the picture, but you know, it is in the plans of sorts. Right. And so I'm like, okay, so we have a second kid, but then what, it, what about when Anna goes to school, then there's two places to go and they're not in the same direction. And I right. like, I've already started looking at what times like pre preschool care starts. Cause I'm like, logistically, how would this work? <laughs> like, I know it's, it's, it's not in my vocabulary to change the childcare provider. Cause I, I love where we send her, but I'm like boggled and very respectful of those of you that have two kids. And I'm just trying to take notes at this point and see how you guys yeah. handle it. Well, it's, yeah, it's a juggling act. And then um, like pickup time was a big thing too, because the one who was farther away had to be picked up earlier than the one that was closer to my work. And there was construction on the highway. So yeah, it, you know, my blood pressure was usually like really high at the end of the day. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. And then, so when you go to work though too, you work primarily with kids, right? I do. Yes. Only with kids. Only with kids. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. I assume there's adults that work there. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> My coworkers are adults. We don't have child labor going on. <laughs> Good. Noted on the record. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so, you know, the way you described to me what you do and kind of snippets and stuff has me like, whoa, this is a whole different area than what I'm used to. So take me through, you know, let's take it back to maybe even before we met, but you're thinking, what do I want to do? What do I want to study? Mm-hmm. I want to hear how you got there. Um, so I've always been really interested in people. And, um, when I started college, I was like, I'm going to be an FBI profiler. So yeah, that's why I majored in criminal justice. And that was my plan. Um, but then I had this really cool summer internship with a psychologist and I started thinking, well, maybe I'll just go get my doctorate in psychology, like kind of randomly I just casual just go and get your doctorate right yes (laughs) it it sounds really weird so I took the GRE like applied to a bunch of grad schools and then um started my doctorate and I thought I wanted to work with juvenile offenders that's who I did most of my research about I did most of my um clinical work with and then after my son was born and I was applying for postdocs I was like oh, you know, this postdoc I really want, it's in Boston. And, you know, I got an interview and I'm like, I can't move with this newborn to Boston where it costs like a million dollars to live. And I'm going to be making like $25,000. Like, so I ended up getting like a real job in Ohio to be closer to family. And, um, that was working in developmental and behavioral pediatrics, which is like with kids with ADHD and autism and developmental delays. And, um, I ended up liking it, actually. It's something I never thought I wanted to do at all, um, but it's it's pretty cool. So that's what I've stuck with. And so how long have you done developmental pediatrics then? Um, since 2014, so about four years. Wow. Yeah. And so what, what does a day look like? Because it sounds like you're somewhat specialized in the perhaps visit reasons that come in? Yeah. So kind of, um, I mean, most of the kids who get referred to us, somebody has some concern about autism. Um, but then some of them, they just have behavioral problems or something and parents or their doctors just aren't sure where to get help. So (laughs) I actually see a pretty, um, kind of diverse, um, group of kids it's really there's never a dull day um so usually um I'm either doing like an intake so talking to the family about what their concerns are and that helps me plan out my evaluation I need to do um or I'm doing testing so doing like IQ testing or um behavioral observations and things like that to kind of sort out what's going on with the child and help me give good recommendations. So what does an observation look like? Um, it's usually um, play-based. So just kind of um, doing different tasks with them, looking at their, um, how they initiate 
social interactions, how they respond, how they play, um, their language skills, things like that. And so you completed your doctorate yes. while you were still pregnant. Correct. I remember the Facebook pictures correctly. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, so we have to do like a year internship before we can officially graduate. It's our pre-doc internship. And so in one week, I finished that. We moved to a new new apartment. And then I defended my dissertation via video conference because I was too pregnant to travel. <laughs> so it was a crazy week. I was like 37 and a half weeks pregnant. That's insanity. You are, yeah. you are a queen. Well, thank you. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe that I'm doing all this. But hey. And I also got summoned for jury duty that week. But they let me out of it. <laughs> You're like, this is the week that will forever be ingrained in your memory. I know. Yeah. The last week of July, 2013. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm sure when you show your son the pictures, I'm sure you have now, but as he gets older, he'll be like, man, mom, I was just like your good luck charm for all of these things. He's yeah. a participant. Oh, what's that? He was a participant in all of those activities. He was, and he came to my graduation. That was kind of crazy. We drove from Ohio to Illinois for my doctoral graduation, and um, my husband could not come because they wouldn't let him off work. So it was me, my parents, and my four-month-old baby um, staying in hotels and driving, like, nine hours. It was crazy, but he was there. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So have you found that what you do for your job has maybe guided how you, I don't know, teach and observe your own children? Because it's, it's kind of like you know what's in their head halfway. Yeah. Um, so it, it definitely, I think, influences me as a parent, um, you know, in terms of behavioral um, management and things like that. Um, but I also think it kind of helps me be better at my job that I do have my own kids um, because I can really relate to when parents are saying that this is really hard or when they're just feeling like they don't know what they're doing. You know, I can kind of validate them and and really say and mean it like everybody feels like that sometimes. I know you're doing the best you can. Let's figure out, you know, what we can do to help you build some skills and um doesn't mean you're doing a bad job just every kid's different and maybe your kid needs some different things than what you know about already yeah I bet that would help and I'm sure in those stressful situations I know you and I've talked briefly about you know kind of how those conversations go sometimes especially when you have to deliver you know unexpected news that like you just said may require the parents to do more than you know, bring them to you, but do some things on their end that maybe they're not familiar with. I'm sure that helps a lot being able to understand as a parent yourself and then, you know, just being able to let that down delicately. Yes. Do they teach you that part in school? <laughs> um, so, I mean, they teach you different skills like active listening and, um, you know, empathy and things like that. But um, I really find that some of it, I just kind of learned from doing it and um, doing it a lot and figuring out what has worked well and what hasn't. Um, So yeah, I think a lot of it's just experience. It's hard to teach someone. Yeah. Well, and I think especially since you're, you've, found yourself drawn to understanding people and I can only imagine how good of a people watcher you are when I take you to the mall and just sit there (laughs) oh I love people watching I'm so bad like my husband will tease me because I get really distracted when we're out in public like watching what people are doing I know that sounds creepy but he's like hey focus I'm over here (laughs) it's like yeah 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 I find that's really helpful. I mean, I certainly don't have your type of um, training, but working in communications too, you have to really read the room and if you walk into a meeting, you kind of have to assess like where are people coming from? What's their body language? And Yeah. 
find that really helpful, especially when I'm coming in to, you know, share a new idea or ask for a budget item and say, here's why we should do this or get buy-in, um, even in a small group, but just understanding like what is happening in your head and like, what are the stories at play here? And yeah, it, it is kind of addictive and distracting. Yeah. Well, and I mean, just being able to pick up on the basically the things that people are saying without really saying them um, is a good skill. So like, yeah, body language, uh, gestures, facial expressions, tone of voice, all that stuff. It's important. And they don't teach that in school either. No, (laughs) they don't. It's hard to teach. It is. It is. And sometimes it's feels funny when you're doing like a module where it's like you pretend like you're the this and then I'll pretend that you're just kind of like this is just funny <laughs> like I'm just gonna laugh right <laughs> so you mentioned how your your job and your training you know may influence yourself as a parent mm-hmm. and I know I didn't tell you that I wanted to ask this question because I didn't know I was going to until right now but you know for people like myself without training that it kind of, you know, we, we go to our pediatricians, you know, for appropriate appointment times or illness concerns, and they have a nice app and a website and things that are good. And then I, of course, subscribed a handful of advice, email lists and things like that. But I haven't really found a good resource for developmental milestones and like things that I should be doing because Maybe it's just, okay, you know, my talent in my curse is that I'm really good about making excuses, but, um, <laughs> um, but, you know, maybe it's because we're, we're busy and I forgot the paper because, you know, they hand you a paper for, you know, a handful of papers after every appointment. Oh, I know. But we were kind of thrown off um, the last time we went because it was like, oh, check off what are these things that she's doing or in active, you know, some of it was um, movement related. Other <laughs> things were, um, I forget. There was like two sides of the sheet and we were like, wait, what? And they're like, Oh, we gave you this sheet last time to look over. And we're like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I don't think you gave me that one. They're like, no, we definitely didn't. Like, uh-uh, you did. <laughs> and then I found it later. Um, <laughs> well, they don't have to know that. <laughs> I know. But we were like, what? We're going through this list. And we're like, so big and my husband was like what's so big I'm like oh my grandma did that with me when I was little but I'm like it was at her one year appointment I was like I don't think how or is it time for that part like you know we're doing other things right now and so it was just kind of threw me off as to what was expected and of course everything that we checked off like you know some of it was ahead most of it was on track and I'm like I don't know and it just kind of gives you that freaked out feeling like uh, okay, so apparently I'm not doing something I'm supposed to be doing. But I haven't really found a good resource where it's like, here's something that's helpful and not overwhelming. It doesn't make you feel like crap if you're not, you know, doing all of it. Because the doctor, of course, says, oh, every kid's different. Right. Like, okay, but what am I supposed to be working on? And I think part of that is when, you know, you know, when you are a goal oriented person, you're like, I need to know my list. Like what's my checklist? What do I need to be working on? Cause I don't want to not do it if I'm supposed to be. Yes. So I would say, um, I'm guessing the question is like, what are you supposed to be doing? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. That was a long way to ask it, but yes. No, that's okay. <laughs> I was about to answer it. Like I, I was, I was following you and I was like, I think yeah. this is what I'm supposed to say. So, um, <laughs> I mean, really like, off the top of my head, I can't think of a specific like checklist to refer you to, but um, if I had to give parents like one piece of advice about what to do with your child to really help their development, um, if you Google the word gap, it'll kind of explain this study, but there was a study that was done a long time ago, and um, the gist of it was that kids who hear more words spoken in their homes um, tend to have better language development. So um, just talk to your child all the time. Um, And that's really like one of the best things you can do at this age is just be talking to her. And 
interestingly, like words they hear from the TV or from electronic devices really don't seem to have the same effect. It's actual, you know, in-person kind of speech that is most helpful. And I guess the thinking behind that is that um, you, um, you're teaching your child basically how conversations go. So even if she's not necessarily responding to you, you're showing her like that back and forth and you're building her vocabulary and great. So talk to her all the time. Well, that's not a problem because obviously based on how long it took me to ask that question, (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Right. Um, And the other thing is like limit screen time, which I'm sure you do, but um, Mm -hmm. she doesn't get to play with, I mean, I'll let her hold my phone, but she Mm -hmm. doesn't, I don't open it up to anything. Right. And Right. She doesn't seem to look at the TV very often. It's like, oh my gosh, she's looking at it. And it's like Roger Mooking in Manfire Food. I'm like, that's a good one to look at. He's, yeah. he's making the barbecue. But she doesn't really seem to care about it. Yeah, but see, you're describing, he's making barbecue. You're helping yeah. for language development. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the next time we drive past a rib place, she'll be like, hmm. Hey, but that's something you need to know for everyday life, right? So true. Yes. That's reassuring that it's honestly that simple because, you know, talking to your kid is fun. And I know since I obviously, like I said, am aware that I talk a lot, I try to be very mindful of not talking over when she's babbling. Yes. Um, because I mean, I'm excited when she's talking. I'm like, oh, I want to keep this going. Like, let's keep doing whatever we're doing. So you keep talking. But then I don't want her to feel like she can't. And I'm also trying to listen. Like, what, is this a word? Or, you know, because she's starting to like stick her tongue out like really far to figure out what that's about. Aww. <laughs> yeah. So and she has a little bit of a tongue tie. And, you know, the doctor's, of course, like, well, we can cut it. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, but we won't cut it until we figure out if she has a speech issue. I'm like, does she have to have a speech issue? Like, why can't we just do it now? Right. And like, avoid that. And they're like, no, we won't. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, keep doing it, honey. Maybe you can stretch it out so you don't have to get it cut. Right. Even though I know it's supposed to not hurt, but still. Um, and she just found her belly button the other day. So we talk a lot about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When they start discovering body parts, that's, oh, yeah. that's fun. She started touching her diaper edge. I'm like, get, no. I'm like, I hear these terrible stories about poop everywhere. I'm like, please, no. <laughs> please, no. Yeah, luckily, kid number one never did that. So I'm hoping kid number two doesn't do that either. Because I yeah. have very fragile nerves that would not be able to handle that. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, you're you're busy with work. You're busy with the commute and the drop-off situation. But Tell me about some things that you like to do in the hours that remain. Um, well, I, I like to try to stay active. So um, right now, now that's uh, nice out, I like going for walks. Um, might do that later tonight. I don't know. Uh, I love watching true crime shows. That's like my guilty pleasure. Um, so sometimes I actually get up extra early so I can have some alone time and just wake up with my coffee and watch a crime show. Um, That's a great idea. Yes. And I was never a morning person and I totally get now why parents wake up early because I, I have a hard time transitioning from like sleep to wakefulness with like people in my face and wanting me to pay attention to them. So (laughs) I just need that little buffer of (laughs) me time to kind of help. (laughs) So how early are we talking? Oh, like six. That's not too bad. Maybe a little bit earlier sometimes. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It's doable. And so does that give you like 30 minutes or an hour? Yeah. Usually 30 to 45 minutes. Um, so it's nice. And of course, coffee. I talked about my caffeine addiction. The coffee is very <laughs> important for a successful morning. So Yeah. It sounds like a good way to start the day. It is. Now, tell me about your most recent uh, exercise adventure. 
Oh, the <laughs> I posted a picture of. Yes. Yeah. So I actually, it's really cool. There's um, there's a woman in my area who uh has a Facebook group um for moms who are interested in fitness, and she organizes these uh group workouts at different studios around the area, so you can kind of try them out. And this um was aerial um. Yeah, I guess that's just what you'd call it. So with the silks where you're like getting upside down and oh my gosh, it was so hard. I was so bad at it, but I was really glad I did it. <laughs> I love I loved the pictures and the honesty of how hard it was because I tried that once at a studio um a few years ago. So it's like pre-baby, so like theoretically stronger ish since my abs weren't you know torn apart right but it's like amazing how much upper body and back strength you don't have until you try to pull yourself up with some ribbons yes (laughs) oh my gosh yes that's what I was like I feel like I've completely neglected my arms like I need to start doing something about this because I feel so weak it's like what will I do in an emergency situation (laughs) I know it was I wanted to go out and buy like you know a bar to start doing chest presses or something I mean mm-hmm. it was uh it's very humbling that aspect. yeah and then when you see someone who's experienced do it it's like so 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 pretty so you're like okay I want it to look like that instead of like help I'm stuck in a in a net trap yeah the instructor was very validating she kept telling us oh this was so hard for me when I started and I'm like even if it wasn't true like it made me feel better so that's that's always key is for your instructor to be kind and help guide you to that point if you're if you're wanting to continue but yes that group sounds really fun I think that's a really nice approach and you know to have a group activity like that that's kind of itches at two things that parents feel sometimes is that one, you don't get adult time outside of work or shopping at CVS for something. Um, But your body too. And so that's nice that she's put that together for you guys. Yeah. It's, it's really great. And I can't even remember how I found out about it, but um, I'm really happy I stumbled across it. I think I've gone to three or four, classes and there's one I'm gonna do this weekend that's um boxing Ooh, oh yeah you're adventurous yes I I try (laughs) so you talked about that you like the true crime shows which definitely goes back to your dreams of FBI profilers yes (laughs) do you listen to similar things on like audiobooks or read books about crime things um so I not as much lately I have been I bought a book a while ago that I've been wanting to read and I just haven't gotten around to it but it's um devil in the white city I don't know if you've heard of that but um it's about this guy H.H. Holmes who was a killer during the Chicago World's Fair back in 1891 or something like that so it's that crazy hotel right Yes, the crazy hotel. Him. Mm-hmm. Yes. I read about half of it, but I'm really bad about taking too long and then getting into a book and then it's due back at the library because yes. I don't buy books. But I think you will enjoy it because it is really screwed up. Yes. So that, um, but actually, since I was probably like 11 or 12, I've been reading like true crime and serial killers and all that. And I asked my mom once like, mom, why did you let me read this stuff when I was that young? And she's like, I don't know, you were interested in it and you were reading. So it's, it's always been an interest, I guess. So were you excited about the, uh, Golden State Killer stuff that came out recently? So, um, that's actually a a killer I didn't know much about, but I, now I feel compelled that I have to find a book about it. Well, I think, um, Patton Oswalt's late wife, uh, yes, Michelle McNamara, is that her name? Yeah, I I think so. 
um, was really interested in him and she wrote a book and I, I've, it's one of those ones that's like, this is not my genre I normally go for, but I'm like, this is insane. And the fact that finally this many years later, there's been resolution is like kind of crazy. And then that connection to him as well and her unfortunate passing. Yes. Kind of makes it all like, okay, this is one I'm going to look into for sure. Okay. Yeah. Now that you say that, I do remember that she had a book about that. So I'll have to, I'll have to hunt it down. Yeah. She apparently spent years and years and years like just immersed in the research and stuff. So that's cool. Yeah. See, I found that most of the time, if I'm going to actually, you know, quote unquote, read something, it's going to be audio, which is part of why I wanted to do a podcast instead of write something down and do, I don't know, a blog or something was that I just don't have time and my eyes are tired at the end of the day to be able to focus at that level. Like I was so excited for this book last fall and it was like a work related book, but I was like super pumped about it. I got on the waiting list, the library, the first one before the book even, you know, went out you know, very first person to borrow the book. Yes. But this stinking book's like 600 pages. Oh, my. This, this guy is, like, so smart. It's Principles by Ray Dalio. Um, or Dalio is how he pronounces it because he's from, like, New Jersey. Um, but uh, he's this brilliant um, hedge fund manager and started from – being interested in commodities and was able to identify opportunities in the market. Like you can thank him for chicken nuggets. Oh, okay. Sounds like so, a good guy. So, like you, I know. So, um, and I'm not like super into McDonald's, but I'm like people the world over really do like those. And especially people very late at night. Um, so the funny thing is I'm listening, I'm reading this book and I'm like, What? I don't get it. And it's just kind of just throwing it all together. Cause I work in finance. Um, I'm like, oh, okay, this is how these things like start from this level and then can manifest into a, a consumer product because I mean, somebody has got to buy it. Right. Or just say, this is how much it's worth. But he was working with McDonald's on commodities. So, I mean, they, they had, they care about livestock and grain prices because what, what makes a burger, right? Sure. And he had identified some opportunities with different commodities and leveraging them against one another such that they could say, okay, it's worth it to consider adding chicken in these various forms to our menu. And I'm like, you know, normal person would think, oh, someone was like, oh, hey, I don't eat beef. Can you have some chicken? And enough people say, can I have some chicken? They're like, okay, here's chicken. Like, I had never thought that such decisions would go back that far. Um, Uh, But the main reason why he has these books is not just, um, he has one coming out or maybe it's came out already. I don't know. That's more focused on the investing side, but he has a really unique organization that he runs. It's, you know, hundreds of people. um, And they are a brutal um, meritocracy and, are incredibly honest at all times. So like if you and I were working on a project, even if you were senior to me, mm-hmm. it is acceptable and expected for me to tell you that your idea is a bad idea. If I think it's a bad idea. Now I need to describe why I think right. that, but it, I would be in trouble if I didn't tell you it was a bad idea. Um, so they're always, constantly evaluating each other and it's welcome like the criticism is welcome and everything is recorded and on the record everything is every meeting is open to anybody um there are people with you know more responsibility than others but there's no seniority such that you would not it would be inappropriate to say something to anybody and it's like really rigorous to get in there but they have incredible results as a as a byproduct of it in out of design is that like they're making multi-million billion dollar investment decisions and if somebody's holding back 
their insight, then it doesn't make their decision a good one. And so they were able to weather the recession and help their clients go through that without completely imploding like almost everybody else. Hmm. And his, his insight's really, really interesting. And he's, he publishes quite a bit of stuff for professionals. And um, he just launched a video series. It's, it's like a course-esque. It's, it's a 30-minute series that goes through things. And it's focused for new graduates or younger professionals that I've got two interns that just started with me. And they, um, I'm making them listen to it and watch it. But yeah, so you should check it out. Yeah. But it seems like audio is the only way it's going to happen, which is why I asked about podcasts and books via audio, not so much sitting down and reading because man, that takes a lot more concentration than at least I've got these days. Yeah. My attention span is like significantly decreased. (laughs) Is that the standard when you have kids? Like you just can't handle the long stuff anymore? Yes. I mean, it's hard for me to even make it through, like, a whole movie in one setting. Um, I just, I just can't do it. So, yeah, a 600-page book, that would be really difficult to do in print. <laughs> so, speaking of attention span and time. Yes. I know we talked about your, your day and how you're finding time for yourself in the morning. But once you get home, what's your fast, uh fast dinner you can throw together while you're trying to wrangle everybody so this is really embarrassing but um (laughs) in college I bought my husband this cookbook as a gift it was called a man a can a plan and there's this one (laughs) recipe and I know (laughs) like no joke it's all canned stuff so um but the, there's this one thing in there that he loves, and it's, like, the easiest thing to make. It's a tuna pot pie, which sounds disgusting. But it's, like, cream of chicken soup, canned tuna, mixed vegetables, and then you put, like, Pillsbury biscuits on top and bake it. It takes, like, no time. Um, so if I'm really desperate and I'm, like, I want something that I know he's going to eat and he'll appreciate, then um, <laughs> that, is, that is what I go for. Um, otherwise I just use my crock pot a lot. See, that doesn't sound gross because growing up I I was teasing. (laughs) So mom, if you're listening, sorry. (laughs) Um, my husband, like my mom was over the other day and she was like, so amazed about this dinner I was making, which was not impressive at all. It was like pork chops with apples. I'm like, you just brown them and put apples on top and put in the oven for a few minutes. Yeah. And she was like, what? at what temperature I'm like I don't know like 400 it was like but we ate a lot of chicken noodle casserole tuna noodle casserole yeah and spam and potatoes and things like that now I understand and this this sounds like perfectly up the alley is that you can make sure you have these things available and when that time strikes that you're like we need dinner and I need to not hear about how this is like oh too many vegetables or that's what I get Uh Oh, Brussels sprouts. Like, like, look, they're good for you. And I put bacon on them. Just eat them. <laughs> like, it's fine. Yes, you have <laughs> to put bacon on them. But they're so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I I got uh, flack from my husband for a while because he claimed I was putting spinach in everything. So, um, I get that, too. Yeah, he's like, why do you put spinach in everything? And I'm like, we've had, like, three things that have spinach in the last <laughs> month. Like, calm down. I know. <laughs> I, of course, didn't know this until I was older, um, but my great-grandma, she had a two-week rotation of meals. Uh Uh-huh. So, the days one through 14 were planned out. So, what? Her grocery list is exactly the same. So, the week, you know, first two-week block is this list. Second two-week block, same thing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Great-grandma Evelyn was so smart. So she knew exactly what they, she needed. And I'm like, why don't I just, you know, suck it up and spend a couple hours? Because, like, I don't mind to cook. Cooking is fine. But I hate meal planning. And I hate the whole, like, how many vegetables do we need? And yeah. It's just a huge pain in the butt. And I need someone else to do it for me for free. Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm sure you could pay someone. But I don't want to do that either. But I'm like, I need to do that. But my husband also will 
comment on how ruts where it's like oh now we're in a meatloaf rut and he loves meatloaf but if it's like we have it every week then oh no now I don't like meatloaf for now so it's like I need to figure out the, the correct rotation but it may be worth it to do that so you have me inspired yeah well I mean the two week meal thing actually sounds genius like your grandma was very smart or great grandma great grandma she was smart yeah and then and then it's like I'm sure you you do too unfortunately is that you look in your refrigerator and you're like well this has gone bad oh I thought I was gonna use this but then I didn't and then you feel bad oh yeah I dug out like something really gross the other day that I was like I forgot I even bought this Mm -hmm. yeah it's like I recently decided I like cucumbers and those things go bad so fast they do yeah it's really I don't know there's weird slime on them they're gross (laughs) yeah so speaking of food Mm -hmm. I want to know who you would like to go on a lunch date with anybody in the world dead or alive dead or alive okay yeah gotta say dead or alive because who knows what you'd pick i know so yeah that's that's tough i was actually thinking about this earlier because i knew it might come up um so one is gonna sound like why does she keep talking about the fbi but um (laughs) i (laughs) that's intriguing yeah so have you seen uh that show on uh netflix mind hunter that like netflix original that came out Um, no Okay, well, it's it's based on this book, Mind Hunter, by um, John Douglas, who founded the um, unit in the FBI that actually did all the kind of profiling stuff. And I had read the book, oh, geez, like in college, maybe. Um, so it was really cool to see the series. But I would love to just sit down with him and talk to him because I feel like he must have. First of all, I think he had, like, the most awesome job in the world. But he must have stories. I mean, that must have really interesting things to say. So him, and I think he's still alive. Or, I mean, how cool would it be to have lunch with George Washington? (laughs) (laughs) That would be cool. Right. Like, after you got over the fact that you were, like, wearing pants and (laughs) stuff. I don't know. I'd put on like a ruffly petticoat thing, you know, for the occasion if I had to. Yeah. Or can you imagine? Carry a musket or something. Like I'd try to fit in. I don't know. What would you talk about? Because like you would know what's going to happen. Right. In the world. So you'd have to be like, so what's the plan, George? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know what we'd talk about because I also don't want to let him know what's going to happen to him. Right. You know, butterfly effect and whatnot. Right. Right. So I guess (laughs) kind of like, you know, I've been to his, his house, um, in, in Virginia. So maybe just (laughs) sit on the porch there overlooking the river and like, this is a nice place you have here. And, uh, that sort of thing. (laughs) Keep it very superficial. Just keep it light. I mean, it's lunch. Yes. It's oh my gosh, what would you? What did they eat for lunch then? I don't know. Like a wedge of cheese and some bread. Maybe and like fruit. Yeah, probably, or maybe like a hog or something. Um, <laughs> I'm not really sure. There was probably wine or whiskey or true. Water yeah. wasn't safe yet. Right. Yes. Yeah, so it's a good excuse. Yeah, we could make a, a afternoon of it. <laughs> well, so what do you want to what do you like to do with your husband for uh, an actual date night, not in the olden days? Right. Um Or do you pretend like it's the olden days? <laughs> uh we we don't get a ton of date nights because we don't really have family around here and we don't hire babysitters, which we should do. Um, but when we do get to go out, we usually just go out somewhere for dinner that we would never take our kids, um, and just enjoy, like, not having someone asking every five seconds, like, can I have a toy out of your purse? Can I watch your phone? Like, my dinner's gross, you know, just enjoy Mm -hmm. the silence. (laughs) (laughs) What type of food do you guys like to go out and get? (coughs) Excuse me. Um, 
usually just uh, like burgers or Mexican or something like that. Um, I tend to go to places that have good craft beer because that's like my favorite treat when I go out. So, yes, very important. Do you have a favorite style or brewery? So around here, my favorite breweries are Schlafly and um, Urban Chestnut. Uh, and I tend to like darker beers. I really, really hate IPAs. Okay. Yes. See, I've, I've found, I've, both my husband and I have found ourselves liking some of the IPAs, not the uncomfortable ones, but yeah. the ones that are good if it's like a hot out. Yeah, they, I could see how they could be refreshing. Yeah. But you're speaking my language yeah. with Softly because they have the best pumpkin in the world. It's it's so high in alcohol content though. That's okay. Um, which is which is fine. I'm just saying you gotta be careful. <laughs> right. Um so I <clears throat> I like that one on its own, but I also love it mixed with uh Breckenridge vanilla porter. Ooh. Yeah. I know it's not the season for that at this moment, but it will be soon enough and I really need you to try that. Or at least with your favorite really good porter that's not too crazy on its own flavor mm-hmm. but a chocolatey or a vanilla one would be fine oh that sounds good i'll have yeah. to keep that in mind we went to a brewery in cincinnati several years ago rivertown and it was fall and they were like oh do you want a half and half i'm like of what and that's what they did with their pumpkin and their porter and i was like oh yeah this is this is going to be a win for sure so and then you were a fan for life Absolutely. Absolutely. But Schlafly's got the best pumpkin. <laughs> well, sometime, we're not that far from Indianapolis. Sometime maybe we can meet up and go get good beers or something. I think that is a good plan because that's among the things we like to do. Yeah. Because there's tons of things to do, but I really like to sit and drink beverages and talk. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those things, too, where it's nice when it a brewery like I know the craft brewery and even the wineries and distilleries have kind of gone crazy which is totally fine mm-hmm. there's lots of options but like the nicest draw is that it encourages people to try new things and sit together and enjoy something as opposed to like quickly drink something that's kind of meh you know it's cold but you can kind of think about the flavors and I love the places that come out with new and weird stuff often yes one of the things that one of the places we used to go to pre-babies was uh, they they would have new releases like every week. So we'd meet up after work and have a beer and just kind of get to relax for a second and then go home. And you know, it was just like the dog's home. It wasn't like, you know, we really had anything else to do, but right. it was just nice to like try a new thing. Cause you know, it's an idea somebody had you know, at the brewery and they're like, wouldn't it be cool if we aged this in this different barrel or yeah. And they come with fun names. So it, I like it when people get to be creative and make something that, that you can awesome. enjoy. Yeah. So I know you're not making beer at work, but what's your, what's your big goal for work this year? Um, so something I've been kind of putting off forever that I, I hope to maybe make steps for this year is, I want to go back to school just to get a certificate, not like another degree, but um, I was going to say, don't show off. <laughs> I want to, um, I'm actually wanting to pursue my um, board certified behavior analyst certificate Ooh. that, so that I can do um, ABA with kids with autism. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like a year and a half of classes that you can do online and then so many hours of supervision, but, um, that's great. Yeah. I looked into it last fall and was about to apply for a program and then just didn't follow through because, you know, new baby and all that. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping to maybe get a little bit more serious about it this year. I think you can totally do that. Yeah. I'm, I think it would be a good move. So I, that's what I've been thinking about. That sounds like a good goal. And, you know, I bet if you wake up at like 530, you could do a little bit of both of the pleasure and the work stuff. Right. <laughs> yes. 
it's only like a half hour earlier right (laughs) exactly that's what I tell myself when I snooze in the morning (laughs) oh I the snooze button is like my best friend and my worst enemy it's like the best 30 minutes of sleep though right because you're like (laughs) I was supposed to get up but I didn't get up and I'm still sleeping (laughs) oh gosh well Allison thank you for joining me tonight and sharing your story and all about your goals and your 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 plans for the year. I'm excited for you. Thank you. And um, thanks so much for having me on. I really think it's awesome that you're doing this podcast because it can um, it can feel really isolating to be like a working mom and you know it's just so busy and you wonder like are other people dealing with the same stuff or is it just me? And so it's cool to hear about what other people are doing. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Have a great night. Thanks. You too. Thanks for listening to After Daycare Drop-Off. Please be sure to subscribe and rate the show. It helps others find us. Follow the show on Instagram at After Daycare Drop-Off. And be sure to share with your friends and tag us in your posts. Check out Instagram for more conversations about the working moms we're talking with, ideas to help you do everything you need to do, and more. Until next time.